I just have to say in that song, it, do you guys understand that part? The story of redemption written on your hands. You understand that he went to the cross and he will forever have scars. And even said in the scriptures when people doubted him, he said, wait a minute. Don't you see my hands and my feet? That is I, my, who I am. Can you not see me? I bore the crown of thorns, the nails, the pain and the suffering for your redemption. For I am your redeemer. Wow. That's a deep theological thought, but yet very simple. If you have your Bible this morning, if you'll please turn with me and we want to say uh, a shout out to Josh and Angel in Muncie, Indiana. That's Ron and Beth's daughter and son-in-law. Today's their first service in Muncie, Indiana. So uh, God bless you and uh, we pray that you do very, very well. You're in church. You're not listening to this, but we just want to say it's always great to see another church plant taking place. So good tidings to, to you guys as well. I bid you Godspeed and favor. Let's take our Bible, if you would, please. Let's hold it nice and eyes. We say our Bible decree this morning. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. If you have your Bible, can you please just turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Hebrews 12, verse 15. Kids, you are dismissed to head back to Children's Chapel. And Megan and Travis are normally back there, but Megan, for your sake today, i got Victoria and Joe that's going to help you out. You can go back there as well, but... Today I want to talk to you about forgive to be free. Forgive and you will be free. Do you believe that? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. Here's what it reads. Look diligently lest any man fail. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail or fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Listen closely. Enemies, no matter what, will hate regardless because they are broken. They're hurt. They're damaged people who have no way of escaping their own misery, so they inflict it on other people. So how do we forgive somebody who's hurt us? Forgiving someone or something, including yourself, that has hurt you or caused you misery is something that we actually really want and we really need. Humans want to care for one another. That We don't want to hurt each other. Only the unnatural and the unloved hate. The person who hurt us or the thing that hurt us may never, ever apologize for what they did because a lot of the time the person won't even know that they've hurt us. This is not because they are evil or because they wanted to hurt you. It is because they may not be ready or may never be ready to deal with the feelings attached to what they did. They may feel bad or want to apologize but never get the opportunity. And they may not even realize they hurt you at all. So you have to come to terms with that. You will hurt others in your life yourself. We live and we learn, we make mistakes and we hurt other people. You know, that's just one of the lessons you learn in life. No one is actually innocent. The minute we're born and we hurt 
hurt somebody or we make a mistake and we are a part of that person's hurt, part of that person's sorrow, making other people angry or have hatred towards us makes us one of those people who did wrong. When you're a child and you hurt another child, you have made somebody hurt. When you lie or discovered for a lie, you've hurt somebody's feelings, you're in the wrong. Or when you borrow something or take something from somebody, you are in the wrong. The truth is we live in a world of people behaving in ways that often upset other people and we're often in the wrong. The goal is to make life truly fun and happy by creationism and achievement. So we ourselves can be actually happy and everyone we interact with can be happy. Letting go of the hurt the world gave you will free you up to focus on the future and your goals. Forgiving yourself first and then fixing your past behaviours so no one ever has to be hurt again is the key to forgiving yourself while forgiving other people for what they've done. And it will free you from your own pain. The way to do this is to forgive the other person. Forgiveness is a way to end your suffering. If you believe in your heart and your soul that you should let it go and you should forgive that person, then you are freeing yourself from the pain because you don't want to hurt yourself. And then you're free. Isn't it time you're free and happy again? It's a great thought, isn't it? Forgive and be free. How many of us have ever just felt that sense of imprisonment? Like we've been in bondage to bitterness. We've all been there. And if you're the only one who hasn't, then you and I need to talk because when people come in for counseling, we're just gonna, we're, I'm gonna direct them right to you because I think each and every one of us have all had to experience what bitterness is about. And, uh, because I've done it. You know, it, we realize that seven out of ten people you encounter will and may have a seed of bitterness in their life. Seventy percent of people are angry about something. Isn't it amazing? You're like, Pastor, you've been preaching on these messages over the last few weeks. How to get over anger. How to get over hurt. Enough is enough. What can I do to become better? Well, I'm here to... I want to take New Hope Talmadge and make you an army that is able to say, I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror in the army of God. I am ready, willing, I am faithfully active about becoming better and not bitter. We all live lives of bitterness. There's something we're angry about with somebody somewhere. And it's how do we overcome that? How do we overcome that pain? You know, you heard me say that for some of you, as you've worked through the 12 steps in your recovery program, if you're going to AA, if you're coming to New Hope for Recovery, or whatever recovery program you're in, I understand just what it's like to have to go through those steps. And there are people that will not forgive you. They're angry. They're mad. They don't even trust you because they're bitter towards you. But church, I'm here to tell you that forgiveness isn't about them, it's about you. So in order for you to live a life where you can run, where you can, can leap and shout and rejoice and clap, you have to forgive to be free. You have to let go of that bitterness. A bitter root will produce bitter fruit. A bitter root will produce bitter fruit. And that your past can be the very poisons of your life. Isn't that interesting? That your past can be the very poisons of your life. 
Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 in the NLT. I read it in the King James. Now I'm going to read it in the NLT. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Here is a serious conversation I'd like to have with you today. Forgive to be free. We have gotten angry at our loved ones. We've gotten angry at the workplace, our previous boss, because we got so mad and angry. We left and we said enough is enough. We've been so bitter at that pastor that I will never go back to church for the rest of my life. I'll show him. We've been mad at that Sunday school teacher and we said because of the way that he bullied me and he treated me every time I went, I will never go back. I'll show him. But here's the sad part. We don't even realize just to what depth of hurt and anger we have for somebody else. You see, that Sunday school teacher, that pastor, that boss... That mother, that father, that brother, that sister, that neighbor has no idea that you're even angry with them. So what is it you have to do to overcome that? And it says in Hebrews 12, and I keep going back, it says, Look diligently, lest any man fails you. Lest any man falls short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness, any poison spring up, trouble you, and thereby you will defile many. When people get angry, they hurt other people. Hurting people hurt other people. Hurting people hurt other people. It's true, isn't it? And you know, oh, it's so hard for me to hear these messages. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Well, you don't have my neighbor. You have no clue what my neighbor's like. And you're telling me to love my neighbor? I have done some real deep studies on loving your neighbor. (laughs) Deep studies. We have this neighbor that that lives about 32 houses away from us. (laughs) I told you I did some real deep studying on these neighbors. And every time the context comes up, love your neighbor, it didn't say the neighbor next to you, to your right or your left. It's somewhere out there. So the neighbor that lives 32 houses from us is bizarre and interesting. And for the longest time, when Ron and Tracy lived in the development, he would always harass them, and they only lived a few doors down from us. Well, he must have seen me go over there, because now he, he likes to do things to get underneath our skin as a family. And it's so sad, because we have experienced... Just cruelty. I don't even know the guy. I don't even know his name. But I know that because of the way he does one of these numbers, every time he sees our cars, and I think, and he does, last week he was with binoculars. I don't know what he's looking for. So it hit me. I'm like, how can I love my neighbor? And here's what I thought. And because I was thinking, you guys like, I knew you guys like, could get me all in trouble. I thought, I'm going to do something different. You know, in the past, he would stand out there. 
Watch us drive by. Watch us drive by. And we're like, wow, this is just bizarre. Followed Lindsay home until my wife decided, uh, you know, you poke Mama Bear, you're in trouble. I'm just telling you right now. Because she pulled that armada right up in his driveway and had to have a nice, lovely meeting with him. Well, at that point, just this past week, she pulls out and I see him in the front. And his little chihuahua is, you know, to his side. I'm telling you, church, I have no clue why he's bitter. He might be bitter just because he knows I'm a pastor. And he told my wife that. But I know your husband's a pastor. (laughs) You're smart. (laughs) But the thought kept coming back. Love your neighbor. So every time I go by, I'd blow the horn. I thought I was just loving him. And then the Holy Spirit started convicting me. And then it was after that conviction that I just changed from me as I blew by his house to he's going to give me this look. You'll love this. This is just a lesson because I'm telling you, I went deep into the word on how to love your neighbor. So three days ago, my wife was ahead of me. And I saw that he gave one of those. I decided to do something that was so liberating. As the window goes down, watch this. So I'm approaching the front yard of his house. And as he is out front giving me the... I decided to do this. Hmm. God loves you. Have a great day. Smile. Jesus is all over you today. Blessings. I didn't know what to do. I told my wife the story and she goes, That was passive aggressive. I said, are you preaching to me? I look deep into love your neighbor. (laughs) She goes, I think that the right answer is, let's take another detour and not go that way. Let's go the other way. I said, okay, you're right. I just had great liberation. I just wanted to tell him, smile. God loves you. Jesus loves you. We love you. Have a great day. I don't know. I mean, if he's going to stare at me and not say anything, I just thought I'd make it worth my while. It was a sense of... Of relief. (laughs) But then as I was driving down to the campground, I then felt in my spirit, Todd, are you forgiving him? Forgive to be free. No, you just did one of those, I'm going to show you. Well, I so as the Holy Spirit and I were wrestling through this whole thing, I said, yeah, but wasn't that better than like, sign language or something like other people do holy spirit and he said no for you see if you'll turn with me in matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 22 in matthew chapter 18 here's what it says matthew chapter 18 then came peter to him and said lord 
How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Tell him seven times. And in verse 22 it says, And he said, and Jesus said unto him, No, I say this not just unto you, but here's what you need to do. Until seven times. Nope, but until 70 times seven. 70 times seven? Who's going to math? How much is that? How much? Help them, Lord. How many times do we forgive people? 490 times? That means 490 times I have to go by his house and shout that. That's what I knew. I, I, it was just like popped right out of the Scriptures to me. I'm kidding. Okay? Just kidding. But it was right then that within my spirit I said, Todd, we don't know what other people are going through. We have no clue what people are going through. When you're going through the drive-thru, when you walk into that grocery store and you think you're just going to grab your food, and the next thing you know, they're chucking your lettuce down the conveyor belt after they scan it. We don't know what they're going through, but it's up to us to continue to be a light and to forgive people. and Just sometimes do a self-reflection and think that could be us. What about in your relationship? What about in your marriage? What about the people that you've had this, this deep relationship with and you're still holding on to some of the bitterness and hurt of your past? Instead of letting go of it and forgiving that person, they may not even have an understanding of what they did to you. I know that for me, and I hear it a lot, I've been hurt in the ministry. And some of the offenses that I have... I don't think people even knew. They had no understanding of it. But now it's up to me to forgive them so that I can be better instead of bitter. And we all become bitter because we have to hold on to it. I mean, there's nothing greater than getting slammed to the ground, having this arm twisted back here and this arm twisted back here and this leg back here, and they slam handcuffs on you. And then they pick you up I've watched this on cops. Don't think anything right now, okay? I know where your mind was going. And then they pick you up. What, what is this? I, I love this. So after they slam you to the ground, you know, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? Oh, uh, And then they pick you up, and then they push your head. They're like, please be gentle and kind as you get into my vehicular homicide. Oh, just kidding. My, ve- my vehicle and my cop car, I'm thinking to myself, well, I need to try that sometime. Not really. But, I mean, if you're like this and you're like this, y'all bend really good? I don't know, but you guys can give me your own testimonies later because I was a little confused on the other day when I was watching it on TV when they said, go in that car, bend your knees, get in there easily. I'm like, no, he's going to bust his head. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. But... When we don't forgive, it's much like that. We're what? We're in bondage. We're in shackles. You know, there's a song that was, was brought out about 20 years ago. It says, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. We have lived a life where we are such uh, prisoners to our bitterness. We're prisoners to the pain in our life. And we just can't let it go. What if I just can't forgive 
And I bury it deep inside my heart and soul. Well, here's the answer. Well, it will cause you more pain and sorrow. And if you refuse to deal with it, that bitterness could kill you. It could destroy you. I have watched pillars of the church just crumble. Just feel a sense of of unworthiness any longer. And I'm not worth anything. These seats were filled with people that at one point were excited and could jump for joy. And when I see them out in public and I think how sad it is because you have forgotten and forsaken, forsaken our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I had to start practicing in my life forgiveness. There was a time in my life I had to go to the Lord say, God, forgive me. Because I'm holding on to this bitterness. I can't be as effective as I need to be because of the hurt and the pain in my life. Are you dealing with a deep-seated pain? A sense of betrayal by somebody? Some hurt? Something that has happened in your life? Well, listen, church. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And until you can forgive others, you will never be as effective and you'll never be free from the pain of bitterness in your life. You see, when that seed starts to take place, it just starts to grow and wrap and, and destroy every bit of our life. And we want to take it out on someone somewhere. We understand that because when we say things like, Hi, how are you today? What? We know right then that somebody is bitter. Someone is angry. We know that in their life something's going wrong. What can we as a church do? What can you as an individual do to soften that love and that kindness for somebody? Well, let's pray, and I'll go through this message quickly this morning. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be free from the toxicity, the pain, the poison of our life. God, we all deal with it. Man, right now we're mad at somebody and you brought someone to mind in our hearts and in our lives. God, I just ask that you'll help us to forgive them. So Lord, speak to us today. Help us to understand the truths from your word. Lord, help me to explain it as best as I can. In your holy name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. A few decades ago, several American companies authorized by the U.S. government attempted to bury some toxic waste products underground. They filled these large metal containers with chemical waste and their life-threatening products. They sealed the drums tightly and buried them deep down below the topsoil. They thought that that was just the end of it. Within a, just a short amount of time, However, many of the containers began to do what? They began to leak. And the toxic waste started seeping to the surface, causing all sorts of problems. And in some locations, it killed off the vegetation and ruined the water supply. People had to move out of their homes. In one section near Niagara Falls, known as the Love Canal, an inordinate number of people began dying of cancer and other debilitating diseases. Many communities are still suffering the effects of this toxic waste, of this toxic waste burial to this very day. So you ask the question, 
Well, what went wrong? They tried to bury something that was just too toxic. It couldn't be contained. They thought they could bury it and be rid of it once and for all. But they didn't realize that the materials they were burying were so powerful. Do you hear that? That the materials that they were burying were so powerful. They were too toxic for the containers to hold. Had they disposed of them properly in the first place, they wouldn't have had this terrible problem. You see, it's the same thing for each and every one of us. When somebody hurts us, Somebody does us wrong, instead of letting it go, trusting God to make it up to us, we bury it way down deep inside. We attempt to cram unforgiveness, resentment, anger, and other destructive responses into what? Into our leak-proof containers. And then what do we do? We seal the lid really tightly. Then we put it aside and say, good. I'm not going to have to deal with that. I'm rid of it once and for all. But unfortunately, just as the toxic waste tends to resurface, one day the things you have tampered or tamped into your subconscious or buried deeply in the recesses of your heart will rise to the surface and begin to contaminate your life. You see, church, we cannot live with poison inside us and not expect it to eventually do us harm. Amazing picture, isn't it? We live with so much pain, hurt, resentment, unforgiveness. We can't be effective. Listen, I know I'm a pastor. I'm here to help God direct you. And what pains me more than anything over the last 25 years of pastoring people, every person that I would see come and go... I used to take it personally till I realized they never let go. They never opened up that lid to release the poison, to release the toxins that were inside of them so they could be free. And I see them relapse, backslide, and go right back to the place they were before they started coming to church. So church this morning, don't ignore that feeling. Don't ignore that emotion. Take that emotion and say, God, I need to use this for your good and not for evil, not for bad. I need to let go and let God face it. You're just not strong enough to contain the toxicity in your life. You need help from someone much bigger and stronger than yourself. That's why you need to give that bitterness, the resentment, and other contaminants to who? To Almighty God. You need to let it go and you need to say, God, you've got to take this from me. It, you know the Bible says it'll go right down into your bones? It will affect your bones. You see, forgiveness is the key to being free from toxic bitterness. Forgive the people who've hurt you. Forgive the boss who did you wrong. Forgive the friend who betrayed you. Forgive the parent who mistreated you when you were younger. Get rid of all that poison. We realize that we're all sinners saved by God's grace. There's none righteous, no, not one. 
I might be standing up here, but I'm sitting down there right along with all of you listening to this message because I know I've lived it. Oh, I've been angry. Listen, do you think these crow's feet and this, this scowl right here got here for nothing? Look at that road map. That's because I used my eyes an awful lot. And I had to realize in my life, I had to come face to face with terms in my life and say, God, I'm bitter. I'm a bitter, mean, angry person. And if I don't wave, God bless you, have a nice day, I'm going to do something that's going to slam me to the ground and put me in shackles. That's me in my journey. That's me just being transparent, saying, God, I need your help. I can't do this. I can't do this without you. You know, you've heard me say a soft answer turns away wrath. It turns away angry. I've often regretted my speech, seldom my silence. I preach that stuff to myself, and I repeat the word because I know I need it. I'm here with you, church, and I understand what you're going through. Don't let the root of bitterness grow deeper and contain you or continue to contaminate your life. When we hold on to poison from the past, we're only hurting ourselves. We're not hurting anybody else. We need to forgive so we can be free. Forgive so you can be made whole. I understand things didn't work out in your relationship. Okay. Let it go. I understand you had great expectations. Let it go. I understand. I do. You have to let it go. Remember the story of the um, the Amish family when the man came in and killed the children in the Amish school? One of the things that really impressed me was when the Amish took food over to his family and asked his family to sup with the parents of the deceased children. That was amazing to me. Reporters ask, how could you forgive this man or their family? They said, if we want to move on with our lives, we have to let it go. See, they didn't do it for him. They did it for themselves. They did it so they could be free. Wow. Isn't that an amazing thought? They forgave that man and his family. Listen, my, my wife put on the Prayer Warriors page about a pastor's wife who's been, I call it, violently abused verbally by the people in the church. And my wife's a part of this pastor's wife's blog to encourage other women of God and the journey they go through. But here's the sad part to this story is that how much abuse does one take? You can forgive to be free. You can let it go and let God. But I watch even with my own children. If somebody has been angry at me because I didn't let you rent the chairs in the church and you got mad and angry, they took it out on my kids. Or if you needed to borrow something and we said it's not right now in our guidelines, Don't take it out on my wife or my kids. If there's a change in the timing of a discipleship class, don't scream and yell at my wife. And these are true stories. I throw those in there. Just let it go. And if you have a problem, Matthew 18 says you go to the one that has offended you. 
You go to that individual, you talk it out, you speak it, you speak truth, and you free yourself from that anger and that bitterness, and you let it go. Forgive so you can be happy. Forgive so you can get out of that bondage. We have to remember when we forgive, we're not doing it just for the other person. We're doing it for our own good. When we hold on to unforgiveness and we live with grudges in our hearts, all we're doing is building walls of separation. We think we're protecting ourselves, but we're not. We are simply shutting other people out of our lives. We become isolated. We, come, we become alone, warped and imprisoned by our own bitterness. Those walls aren't merely keeping people out. Those walls are keeping you penned in. They're not keeping people out. They're keeping you penned in. Do you realize that those walls will also prevent God's blessings from pouring into your life? Those walls can stop the flow of God's favor. The walls of forgiveness will keep your prayers from being answered. They'll keep your dreams from coming to pass. You must tear down the walls. You must forgive the people who hurt you so you can get out of prison. And listen, church, you'll never be free until you do. You'll never be free until you let it go. Let go of those wrong things that, you've, that people have done to you. Get that bitterness out of your life. That's the only way you're going to truly be free. And you'll be amazed at what can happen in your life when you release all that poison. In Ephesians chapter 4, if you'll turn with me please, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 and 32. Here's the the quick answer to a long time problem. Here's a quick solution to a long time problem. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31, here's what it reads. Now if you have your Bible... I want you to circle this, let all, all, highlight it, let all, you can write in your Bible, you can highlight it on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever you might be using, let all bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor, I had to look that up this morning again, I know what it means, it's a... So I started thinking about that. If clamor is something like a, like, uh, what are these things called? Symbols. Thank you for preaching to me today. You just taught me something. If you have two symbols and they're doing that, think about it. If I, if I keep doing this during my whole message, before long, some of you will wake up that have been sleeping. And second of all, some of you will lean forward and you will say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm distracted by all of the clamor, right? Think about this. If we don't get rid of all bitterness in our life, it's a simple principle here. If we don't get rid of all bitterness and anger in our life, then everything around us is like noise and you cannot hear clearly. Right? So it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. In verse 32, and be a kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. 
So I got convicted like immediately. I mean, and this is no joke. This is for real. So the latter part, it says here, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you, here's what He said on the cross. Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I sat in my chair just this morning as I was going over my message at 6.30, 7 o'clock-ish. As I was sitting there, I became very grieved in my spirit. And I thought, wow. Okay, God, I'm sorry. I know I was yelling, God bless you, smile, all that stuff. That was for me, not for him. I was just trying to be free. But all that all that emotion started coming back to me. You see, in my family, my parents are divorced. And in life, you have this expectation. Dad should treat me this way. Mom should treat me this way. I expect this from him, and I expect this from her. And I better get it, because if I don't, now I'm a wounded little soul. That's ridiculous. No, God gave you that father and that mother. And I know there's some some parents that we have that's been somewhat difficult and maybe they don't even know Jesus. And maybe some of them do, but they don't act like they know Jesus because they started to have that same poison and toxicity that was coming up in my heart. And my responses weren't what they should be until I was reminded what my Savior said on the cross. Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So church, when was the last time that you put all this expectation on somebody else? When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm angry at them, I'm putting them over there, I'm drawing the line right here. Listen, we're not talking about boundaries. I can preach a message on that, and I went through a series on safe boundaries in your life. But church, I am here. Can you please turn the fans on for your pastor before I pass out right here? Thank you because I'm smoldering, but it is fall and I wore this sweater today. But in closing, here's what I want to say to the church. Look at that. Thank you, Pastor Luke. See, my associate pastor is looking out for me. He turned on the AC. Thank you, Jesus. When I was sitting there and I started looking at my life, And I started viewing my life in a way that I thought, who have I had bitter feelings towards? Where has the toxicity and the poison come up in my life? And it's started to decay who I am. I had to do a little bit of soul searching. And then I was reminded when he said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So when you've come to a place in your life where you just, you feel like you have all these expectations, I'm not asking you to go back into someone's life and to be attacked, to be abused. I'm asking you from your place, wherever that might be, to forgive that loved one. 
and let go of it and let God do a work in your life. You may be at a crossroads in your life. You may have issues to deal with, people you need to forgive. You can go one of two ways. You can ignore what you know to be true and keep burying the bitterness in your life, pushing it deeper and allowing it to poison and contaminate you and everyone around you. Or you can make much better choices by getting it out in the open and asking God to help you to totally forgive and let it all go. Because of the stripes He took, you can be healed. You can live right. All you have to do is turn all of these issues over to God. God will make the wrongs right. Don't be hard-headed and stubborn and miss out on God's best. Be willing to change. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, it says, For if you forgive men their wrongdoing, you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And in verse 15, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So church, we have an obligation. As much as it is to come to this church where it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, coming together as a body of believers, we also have an obligation to forgive other people. Jesus here gives a startling warning about forgiveness. If we refuse to forgive others, God will also refuse to forgive us. Why? Because when we don't forgive others, we are denying our common ground as sinners in need of God's forgiveness. And God's forgiveness of sin is not the direct result of our forgiving others. But it is based on our realizing, actually, what forgiveness means, which I started this service off in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It's easy to ask God for forgiveness, but difficult to grant it to others. Whenever we ask God to forgive us for our sins, we should ask ourselves, have I forgiven the people who have wronged me? Wow. If you want to be happy, if you want to be free, quit holding on to it and let it go. Don't let the root of bitterness continue to poison your life. Search your heart. God brings all of these issues to light. Be quick to deal with them. Keep your stream pure. And friend, if you'll do your part and keep the poison out of your life, you'll see God's favor and you'll see His blessings in ways you never thought possible. Our God is faithful. I want you to leave today And I want you to just remember this final thought and quote that came from our Savior. When you think that somebody did something to you on purpose, and you think it was premeditated and intentional, just remember the words of our Savior when He said, After He was beaten, after He was spit upon, after He was lied to, after He was sold out, 
after he was denied, after he took the crown of thorns, after his beard was ripped out of his face, after his guts were hanging out of the side of his body from being beat with a cat of nine tails, after he was shamed, after the spear was shoved into the side of his ribs, he said, and I repeat, Father, Father, forgive every one of them, for they don't understand what they've done. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you that today, Lord, we can come to you. Lord, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, and Lord, we stand in this room in honor and in humility before you. And as we sing this song of reflection, God, can we just remember what you did upon Calvary? Lord, what took place for the whole world to see, and yet you still forgive us. And God, we realize that John 3.16 has been just thrown around as if it's just one of those little popular verses. But it said that you sent your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in you would not perish but have everlasting life. That you loved the world so much that you endured the shame of the cross. So God, help us today to run in freedom, to run in victory, and say in our life, God, we're letting it go. We're letting it go. In your holy name we pray. Amen.